everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zelensky Show today. I thought that I would bring on my, I consider him to be my own personal pastor, him and his wife, Monty and Sharon Mulkey, are what I consider to be my personal pastors, and I just absolutely adore them. They are amazing people. I don't know if people know this, but Monty wrote a lot of Win Worley's material, and he's been in the deliverance uh, ministry about as long as I've been alive, and I have nothing more than respect. Um, you know, I hope today isn't my last show, but I've been pleading with people for the month of October. People just have not heeded the call. So I reached out to Pastor Monty Mulkey. I reached out to him just a couple days after the conference. I've been really pleading with my listeners, really pleading for the month. I don't think I've been hinting around about it either that this uh, move to the United States cost me a lot of money. And sadly, people just have not been contributing. And, um, you know, I kind of feel like I'm sort of banging my head against the wall. But I thought, hey, if it's going to be my last show, then I'm going to go out for the bang with the most powerful message in a long time that I've heard. And hopefully it's not my last, but I figure I got nothing to lose with this one. And I hope everybody actually listens to it. The important ones to me will listen to it. But I hope everyone's very blessed by the program today. Again, I asked Monty to really pray about this topic and his entire church prayed about it. They fasted, they prayed about it. Just a very short 20 days later, this is what he learned. So Pastor Monty, I want to thank you, sir, for coming. Uh, hopefully it's not the last time on the program. But anyway, sir, I'm going to hand you the mic. Absolutely take it away and then uh, give it back to me when you're ready, sir. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Sheila. It's so good to be back. And I'm so glad that you're allowing us to go out. The church really needs this message. So, And also want to thank you for coming to our workshop and speaking. It's such a blessing. God really poured out his spirit and helped people get free. We look forward to hopefully the next one. And again, this is something the Lord gave me two weeks ago in answer to prayer that I had been seeking him on. And so I had presented this to my church the last two weeks. And we did get some great deliverance, and I am really excited about it, and I hope your listeners are too, primarily because it is a convicting message. I entitled this message, The the High Cost of Free Writing, and this was something that I didn't even know really existed. I had different terminologies for it, but as I began to research, I found out that there was actually a term for what I was searching for, and it was called free writing. Let me give a definition of a free rider. A free rider is a person who benefits from something without expending effort or pain for it. In other words, free riders are those who utilize goods without contributing their fair share. This can be a person or a company even that gets an advantage of something without paying for it or without earning it. And as I began to research this, I found out that in the social sciences, the free rider problem is actually a large problem, and it's something attributed to market failure, and it occurs when those who benefit from resources, public goods or services, whatever it is, uh, missions work, they don't pay for them. And free riders are a problem because while not paying for the good, they continue to access it. And this has really become a problem in our day and age, and primarily for ministries. And so I'm going to take a a multi-level approach on this, and probably we'll even do some further messages on this, because there's so many ministries that uh, need help in dealing and combating this problem. 
free riders are a problem because they're, they're not paying for this good. And the lack of incentives for individuals to contribute is known as the free rider problem. And this term, again, refers to individuals that don't contribute to the provision. They're said to be free riders, uh, that is, they ride freely on the contributions of others. There's two aspects to this free rider problem, and it's a simple math type of problem. And first, the individual incentive to contribute to a public good is reduced by the contributions of others, and so the individual contributions get smaller as the group gets larger. Now, this can be a really devastating thing for someone in ministry because the free riders actually contribute to the growth of something, but they're not paying for it, and then the whole thing collapses on itself. Now, the day and age that we live in with the internet, it's compounded this problem because people have gotten a habit of looking for everything online as to be something that should be free for them. The free rider problem is such a burden on the resource that it gets overused by the people that aren't paying their fair share or don't pay anything at all. In fact, their attitude and expectation is one that it should be free for me. And it can occur in any community, government, or ministry. You know, ministry or public radio or broadcast station, they devote airtime to offset free riding by doing things like fundraising in hopes of coaxing donations from the listeners that aren't contributing. And this is one way that certain ministries or radio or whatever the, the business is, in hopes of, of uh, creating the funds to stay alive, they try fundraising. That's one way. As a consequence, the producer of the resource, generally they, they can't be sufficiently compensated and the shared resources has to be subsidized in some other way or can't continue. Now, there are some things that have gone to advertising. For example, we see this on YouTube. You'll have to watch an advertising sometimes in the middle of things. Sometimes people get very annoyed because they have can't get around this, this advertising. But as the free rider problem arises, high costs also arise. So the free rider problem is an economics issue, and it's also a heart issue. And the point of bringing up this entire message is that this should not be found in Christians. And yet it's so common, even in, in my own church, you know, as we were getting into this message, almost everybody unanimously had to say, well, you know, I guess I've done that on some level. We're all guilty of it because it seems like everybody wants a free meal. But, you know, when everybody can consume a resource in unlimited amounts, pretty soon the whole thing implodes because they can't keep up, can't serve that many meals without ever paying for it. And so if you can't limit anybody's consumption, we're looking at something that is causing ministries to collapse that we actually want them to be around. And this is the problem that I was seeking the Lord on. It's like, Lord, good ministries are falling because of lack of support. And it's not that God doesn't want them to continue on. It's the attitude of his people. When the free rider problem looms, businesses, for example, will back away. But unfortunately, many Christians or ministries, they will implode or destroy themselves by, uh, they'll just get completely burned out and go bankrupt. 
economics, they point out that no business would voluntarily produce goods or services under these kinds of conditions. So let me, let me give you some key points. A free rider is someone who wants others to pay for something they think should be public, but they plan to use the good for themselves. And again, the more people that act as free riders, the more the danger that the public resource is going to cease to even be provided. Markets often have a difficult time producing public goods because free riders attempt to use the public good without even paying for it. Government steps in and they create certain actions, social pressures or collecting of payments, all trying to figure out a way for the market to stay in existence by collecting something. A good example of the provision of a public good or resource would be something like a co-authored term paper. And this could be a public good, but the grade given to the paper would be the same for each author. And the quality of the paper depends on the sum of the efforts of the individual authors. So with two authors, both work pretty hard on the manuscript in order to get a good grade. If you add a third author, it's virtually certainty that the two of the authors will think that the third one didn't work as hard and is a free writer on the project. That just gives you kind of some background of the research on free writing. I want you to consider today God's view of free writers. Okay? For example, less than 100 years ago, society largely refused handouts, and they insisted that they would pay their own way. This has changed to such a point that a recent article in HuffPost says, quote, we have become a nation of free riders, users, or just plain old moochers. We could actually divide the Christian community into two parts, such as those who are givers and those who are takers. And it's easy to understand that, you know, if we were all takers, pretty soon there would be nothing left to give because it's whatever it was we were taking would get all used up. As Christians, God doesn't want us to behave in these ways. I'll give you some scripture here in a minute. We're not to behave this way because this is what the world does. Follow me to Jeremiah 22, verse 13. This says, Woe unto him that buildeth his house by unrighteousness. Let me paraphrase this something. Woe unto him that gets his deliverance by unrighteousness and his chambers by wrong, that uses his neighbor's service without wages and giveth him not for his work. That means he's using things for nothing, using his neighbor's service. Let me really cut to the chase here and tell you what I think God is saying. Woe unto the person that scours the web for free online deliverance messages because they don't want to pay anything for them. That is the attitude of much of the church today, and God is against that attitude. And folks, I'm sorry to say, but it's a wrong attitude, and it really is hindering your entire finances. If you expect to get something for nothing, there's something wrong in your heart, which we'll look at later on. A hundred years ago, people would never be this way. They would never take something if it didn't belong to them, or unless it was gifted to them in, in absolute words, they wouldn't take handouts. This has changed so much 
that the Christian church today thinks it's correct and normal. If we look at back in the Old Testament, Job 31, verse 39, Job said, If I have eaten the fruits thereof without money, or have caused the owners thereof to lose their life, let thistles grow instead of wheat, and cockle instead of barley. Job is answering his three friends, and he says, you know, I don't use other people's things for nothing. He could say this because this was something internal in him. He knew that it was wrong to partake of things that were out there for free without reimbursement. He knew it was a wrong attitude because it basically doesn't belong to you. In fact, Scripture gives it another steal word, if I can be so bold. It says it's actually stealing. If you take and take and take and you never reimburse or give back, you literally are a thief. Yes, you're welcome. Now, there's some good news. One, you can get rid of this theology that you have of being a free rider. And let's look at some reasons, though, why this comes in. And I'm not doing this to make you feel bad, folks. This is not the point, because we have been deceived. We have been deluded by a very demonic network that has put this onto the church. And you've literally gone to school for probably 18 years to get this way. Some of the causes of free riding, for example, is caused by extreme faith groups and socialism or entitlement that's been taught in school. You know, God requires and judges his people according to the character quality of personal responsibility. That is, you take care of your life, you pay for your life. For example, let's look how Paul addressed this issue. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 7, he says, For yourselves know how you ought to follow us. Now, here in the beginning, Paul says, you already know this inside. He says, we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught. We didn't take something that belonged to somebody else for nothing. That is, we paid for it, or we reimbursed. He says, but we wrought with labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Or in Ephesians 4.28, he says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Folks, God wants his people to grow and mature from a baby Christian into a mature Christian. And a mature Christian is to be a Christian that gives, not uses. So all you have to do is say, what camp am I in? Are you a giver or are you a user? In Acts 20, verse 34, he says, Ye yourselves know that with these hands, my own hands, they have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. Paul says, I work for my things. I don't take something for nothing. So we have been indoctrinated with entitlement in the school that things should be free. Other people should pay or the government should pay. And folks, that's not the Bible at all. God says, no, you are to pay for what you use. That's just one area. Poverty mentality. It's a type of borrowing. Psalm 37, 21 says, The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous show mercy and they give. Now, 
let's apply this to what's happening to ministries today. Well, I'm just going to go online and download a dozen deliverance messages. They borrow, but they don't pay anything for them. And God says, that's the wicked. If you do that, you're wicked. Versus the righteous say, the righteous give something for it. Or in Deuteronomy 15, verse 6, For the Lord thy God bless thee, as he promised, thou shalt lend unto many nations, but thou shalt not borrow, thou shalt not take. I wonder, what did God mean by that? That's really confusing. Thou shalt not borrow. Thou shalt not borrow or take things that don't belong to you. Who owns it? Well, the ministry, whoever is broadcasting the things, they own it. Yeah, but it's free to download. Well, because if they charge, then those who truly are poor could never have them. But you who have something are supposed to give something in return. That's God's laws. That's his code of ethics that he writes throughout his Bible. Yes, the poor we have with us always. We have some Christians that refuse to mature, to grow up, and to do finances God's way. Folks, if you want to feel good and have a clear conscience, then don't ride on other people's backs. Don't keep looking for the free lunch, something for nothing. Realize that you need to be paying your own way. That's the second reason. The third one I put down, free riding is caused by Plain old selfishness, or another word, greed. Some people are so wrapped up in themselves, they never consider what something costs other people. For example, a ministry that is putting something online, they spend a lot of money to do this. They have to have a website, they have to have the equipment. Literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars could be going to just getting one message available to even upload to be online where you can get it. It costs something. And when you are operating under selfishness or greed, all you're doing is looking at your own life, not realizing that, hey, this costs something, primarily the ministry trying to broadcast it, and it shouldn't be that way in us as Christians. Look at Luke 6, verse 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Uh, It doesn't read, take, and it will be given more to you. It says, give, and it should be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. With the same measure that you meet, it should be measured to you. Wow, did you see that? If we could label you as a free rider, where you're the person who's scouring the internet for free deliverance messages, that's what's going to be measured back to you. That is you're not really going to get much deliverance. I've been doing this 43 years now, and the people that I see get deliverance are the givers. And so you have a choice. You can ask God to help you with this. Order my CD on it, How to Become a Giving Person. But if you will become a giver, starting with your tithe, God will begin to bless you and set you free from the enemy's camp. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down. Does not read, take Free riders are takers. Christians should become givers and discontinue free riding. Let me repeat that in case I'm not understood. Christians should become givers and discontinue free riding. You know, if you believe in something that you're seeing on the internet, then support it, folks. Support it with your time, your prayers, and your finances. Free riding is a heart issue. And it causes them to reap the same. 
with the same major that you meet, it's going to be measured right back to you. If you're living by free riding, you're going to get stuck in that lifestyle. Now, if you're just starting out and you truly are poor, destitute, we want to help you get out of that position and grow into a mature Christian who actually has some substance that you can become a giver to. Galatians 6, 7 and 8 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, using a planting term, whatever you plant, that shall he also reap. He that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Well, free riding is sowing to the flesh because you want to get something for nothing. You're going to reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Now, if you click on a ministry and say, hey, you know what, this costs them something to be online, to make these messages available, I should contribute something so that they can continue to exist. That's the difference between a mature Christian or a slothful Christian that doesn't want to grow up. Selfishness or greed. Ephesians 4, 17. This I say, therefore, testifying the Lord, that ye henceforth walk, not as the Gentiles walk. Okay, there should be a difference between Christians and people in the world. The Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. They have the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that's in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. That's the person in the world, greedy. Hey, get all that you can get for free. Gather it up. Download every message you can find online. Visit them all and download them all for free. You're walking as a Gentile out of greed. The hard issue of a Christian is supposed to be one of giving. And why does God say this? Because he doesn't want to have to legislate to you something that you should be doing. Religious spirits is another cause for free writing rescuing, good Samaritan spirits. Follow me to Matthew 10, 7. You know, it wasn't until that I actually did this message that I really read what this verse is saying, and I want to share it with you. Let's get the background here. Jesus speaking to the disciples, getting ready to send them out so they can go out and begin to do the work of the Great Commission, that is, get people saved, heal those who needed healing, cast out demons, raise the dead, and verse 7 of chapter 10, he said, As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is your command. Go heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you receive, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey, nor two coats, nor two shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. Whoa, let's stop there. What is Jesus really saying here? He's saying, I'm sending you out to minister. Don't worry about taking a lunch or extra money or all that because the workman is worthy of his meat. Okay, folks, who is the workman here? It is the one doing the ministry. The workman is worthy of his meat. They should receive something for their ministering. Wow. So let's turn this around. You're the one receiving ministry? Then you should give something to the person who is ministering to you. This is completely opposite of the free writing mentality in the church today, and it should not be so. It continues, whatsoever city or town you shall enter, inquire in who in it is worthy, and there abide 
till you go thence. So Jesus speaking to his disciples, his ministers, go and expect to be paid, reimbursed by those you minister to, and inquire who is worthy. Well, who would that be? Well, it would be the one who reimburse or give something to the person that's ministering. So what Jesus is saying is, hey, if you come across a house or you minister to somebody and they don't want to give anything, they just want to download for free, they're not worthy. This is the words of Jesus, folks. If you're not willing to give something, and I'm going to explain this later on, because the something that God asks of us to give is the same for all Christians. It's based in percentage. If you're so broke, all you can afford is a quarter. If you're giving something, at least you're behaving like God wants you to behave. But if you never give anything, God puts you in the unworthy class. Again, who's the workman? The Christian that is ministering. God expects those receiving the ministry to pay. If you're in ministry, folks, stop giving them a pass Stop supporting their free writing because it says, you know, inquire who's worthy. That is, are they going to give something to you ministry? If they're not, move on. There are so many ministries following the free writing lifestyle, they collapse under it. I've seen this in the ministry of deliverance. Probably 90% of those that start up in deliverance are gone within three years because of things such as free writing. Well, If that doesn't convince you, just to look at a few things, how God views free writing, let's consider some other things then. Let's consider the high cost of free writing. If Christians continue to free ride, I mean, just in our camp, we're not even talking about the public and public resources, you know. We could use examples like, you know, you used to drive to the beach and you could just go park in the parking lot on the beach, but they had to do things for the beach. They took care of it. They graded the sand. And so pretty soon they were running out of money. So they put up a little can in front of the parking lot that says, please donate something. If you park here, pay a little bit for the use of the beach so we can keep the beach clean. Well, of course, that only works a little bit, and only a few people actually put in anything. They say, I ain't going to do that. I'm going to free ride. And so the next thing you do, you come back the next day, and you find a gate in front of the parking lot. Now you've got to put money in, or you can't park in there. And the strong-willed person says, well, I ain't going to do it. I'm going to go park on the street and walk three blocks. Well, that's your choice, I guess, if you want to be that way. But what happens with free riding is the resource or the ministry sooner or later becomes regulated because they have to stay in business. In a Christian ministry setting, the ministry is forced to put restraints upon the amount of resources. And this is sad because it blocks those truly needing it from getting it. So what, Pastor Monty, if I download all the messages? My quitting won't make a difference. That's a wrong way to look at it. Everybody stealing something doesn't make it right. You should be thinking, what does God think of me downloading for free every deliverance message that I can get? What does God think of me? Free writing, folks, is of such grave importance that governments pass laws to regulate the behavior of individuals to force them to contribute. In the church, this shouldn't be so. You shouldn't be forced to have to 
do the right thing. The high cost of free riding is that it reduces the free resources for those who truly need it the most and truly can afford to pay, but now they have to pay. So the scope of free riding can literally be enormous. As I began to research this, just a couple of weeks ago, I went all the way back to Plato and Socrates both wrote about the issue of free riding. Can you believe that? Well, I can, because this is the world's mentality. There's just something in every person who wants to get something for free. Another reason why there's a high cost to free riding is because you really can't legislate morality. Christians are supposed to be internally motivated to be givers. Let me repeat that. Christians are supposed to be internally motivated to be a giver, not a user. It's a hard issue, and God expects you to legislate yourself. God's laws are written on your heart. As I begin to research the high cost of free writing, all of the writers, great thinkers, agree throughout history that free writing is characterized as something morally wrong. Even the writers that weren't even Christian said, to do this is morally wrong. It's presumed wrong. Is it's exceedingly unlikely that even my speaking on this is going to stop all the free writing. But there is a percentage of Christians out there, they want to be pleasing to their Lord and their Master. And that's the person that this message will gain their attention, not because I'm trying to make you feel bad, but to show you the will of God. And there'll be a group of Christians that they want to become a mature Christian and do the right thing. And this is what I implore you to become. Be a mature Christian. Become a model for those who follow in your footsteps. I mean, your children that are watching you, getting everything for free, what is that going to make of them versus if you're the parent and they watch you pay or give? When a young child watches you leave a tip for the waiter, what does that teach them? It teaches them to become a giver too. And there is a joy in giving that they will grow up learning about. The third thing I put down with the high cost of free writing is that in looking at ministries, it's just a matter of time. The ministry will collapse under the weight of too many free writers and not enough contributors. I do call upon ministries to try to stop rescuing society by creating platforms as easy for free writers to exist on. If you put all of your material out there for free, you are personally responsible for and enabling or supporting free writers to not grow up and take personal responsibility for their life. Religious spirits, rescuing spirits, poverty mentality in the ministries, continuing to support Christians to not take personal accountability, and a wrong understanding of what Jesus is teaching in the scriptures. All of these are things that cause some ministries to just give and give and give until they can't do it anymore. We know this is the problem because you can take a look at the number of churchgoers. I actually researched this. I wanted current numbers. I looked up the current amount for churchgoers, amount of Christians that were actually tithers to their church. And the record as of today, 2019, October, tithers of the majority of churches are make up only 10% of a church. 10% of a normal congregation tithe. 
that's really sad. It should be 100%. And what's even worse is that of that 10% that tithe, they're only tithing at 2.5%. I'll give you another figure. During the Great Depression, when there was nothing, Christians at least tithed 3.3%. So the Christian tithers, this is just 10%, the other 90% aren't giving anything, are giving less than they gave during the Great Depression. And again, to ministries, folks, if you give maturity away, give your things away, it's never really appreciated. There's a high cost of free riding. And I'm appealing to Christians to begin to live the way God wants him to live. If you don't stop being a free rider, several things are going to happen. The resource is going to become regulated, hindering those who truly can't afford. Or you are literally sabotaging the thing that you're trying to listen to because the ministry is going to grow and it will collapse under the weight of too many free riders on not enough contributors. Well, I don't know about you, but I really respect and think highly of the various ministries that are uh, publishing and putting the good news of deliverance out on the airwaves and the internet. I don't want to see them fold up. They're doing a great service to get the word of deliverance out there. I don't want to see them fold up just because we have a whole bunch of moochers that won't ever give something back. I mean, this should be a rebuke to us as Christians. Why is it that we all want something for nothing? This desire to get something without working for it or without earning it. Well, all we got to do is look back in history to Adam, the temptation. This was presented by the enemy to Adam and Eve and said, basically said, you know what? There's something you don't have. He was making them discontented. If you go back and read the story, pretty soon you see Adam on the outside of the garden looking in. Now he has to tell the land in order to eat. You know, there was a time when uh, he ate freely of the garden. Since the fall of Adam, this doesn't exist anymore. God's new foundation is you have to work for the things you get. But we have a devil who's always trying to say, us, oh, you don't have to do that. Let somebody else pay. First John chapter 2 says, this is the lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes, pride of life. It's of the world. So Christians are tempted with, well, it's just not fair. They haven't. I don't. Why do I have to pay? Well, let me ask you another question. Whatever happened to the joy of earning, the joy of working hard for something, the sense of accomplishing something, of getting something by your own self, your own labors? Folks, that's how God's economy works. Receiving something that belongs to somebody else without a fair exchange for their labors means one of two things means it was either a gift or you stole it. Well, they put it out there for free. Well, the expectation was that you'd be a mature Christian and reimburse something for the use of it. Unless you got a personal phone call and saying, hey, I'm giving you a gift. I don't want you to pay me anything for this. This is a gift. Then it really means you stole it because the devil's deceived you into thinking that you should have something without earning it. I know there's still somebody out there saying, so what, Pastor Monty? What difference does it make if I download everything for free and I don't want to contribute back? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Because you become a pawn in the devil's plan to ultimately shut down that ministry. That's a real oxymoron because 
supposedly you're going to that ministry to receive deliverance teaching to get free from the devil, and yet you're doing the devil's work. Downloading everything without contributing, I'll repeat it, you become a pawn in the devil's plan to ultimately shut that down because the sheer volume and numbers will cause it to happen if the numbers stay the same and less than 10% ever contribute anything. As it grows, the ministry won't be able to handle it. That's one reason. Another one is because it's not right in God's eyes. Folks, everyone is guilty to some degree of free writing. When God began showing me this and I began to, to write this message, I had to repent because I said, Lord, I've been guilty of doing that too, you know, of, of looking at things or reading things or doing this for, you know, not contributing. I had to repent because it's not right. Yeah, you know, I'm not just pounding on anybody specific. I'm giving this to the body of Christ. You see, the devil in his plan to enslave mankind has created and sold free riders a bill of goods. Just like Adam and Eve in the garden, he causes doubt towards God. He's holding out on you. It's not fair. Others have. I don't have. You know what? Fairness is not even in the Bible. God is righteous. In fact, he uses percentages. For example, the tithe is 10%. 10%. Did you get that? 10%. No matter what your economic level is. It's the same for everyone. God is just. He is righteous. Let me give you an example of percentage. Mark 12, 42. There came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. Jesus said, whoa, stop everything. Did you folks see that? The disciples said, see what? I didn't see nothing. He said, look at what happened here. This poor widow has cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. She put 100% into the offering plate. Folks, you know what two mites is? It's one-fifth of a penny. Now, there's a lot of lessons in that. She could have broke that down to 10% of the one-fifth of the penny, and would have been living the way Christians supposed to live. But she threw all that she had in there. Folks, if you're listening to something, give of your percentage. Some of you could give, your percentage might be fairly large, and you should be a giver. I know Christians that give 90% of their income and live on 10%. I also know Christians that don't give anything. They won't even give a fifth of a penny. This is the plan that the devil has sold mankind. Discontentment and comparison. Well, mine is not very much, so I'm not going to give anything. God looks at your percentage. It's really sad state of affairs when you think nothing of it to go out and buy a hamburger for 10 to 15 bucks, but you don't want to give 25% for a deliverance message that can save your marriage, stop your cancer, deliver you because you want a free ride. It's a sad state of affairs for the church today. Hebrews 13.5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. In this grand scheme of the devil, let's consider this. God has gifted everyone with certain talents. The marketplace will pay more to a brain surgeon than to someone who washes dishes, for example. And if you listen to the world or the devil... They tell you, well, it's not fair. I want to get what they got, but they earned it. I should have it too. 
Well, when you pay the same amount, you can have the same thing. It's so true that when you don't know who you are, we want to be everybody else. We want what everybody else wants. I'm old enough to have seen things change. I grew up in an era when there was no credit. You paid cash for everything. And what would happen is parents, well, one, they'd stay together and work. And over their lifetime, they began to purchase things for cash. And they began to accumulate some things in their house. And then the child comes along. He's 21. And he says, well, I want what mom and dad got. I want a new car, I want the microwave, the TV, I want all these things. Well, they paid for them. Well, why do I have to pay for them? That's how economics works. And so the devil offers you credit and you stop paying cash for things. This expectation that you should have the same thing everybody else has without working for it is so prevalent that people don't even know any difference anymore. If you can't pay cash, you don't deserve it. How does the devil make people discontent? You drive down the street. You pass the billboard that says, you deserve a new car today. Oh, wow, I'm going to go get a new car. I'll put it on the 30-year the payment plan. No. You know what God's word teaches? He says, if you can't pay cash for it, you don't deserve it. Well, I can make payments. Well, that's, uh, that's what the world wants you to do until your payments get so big that they can pull on a string and it all collapse and now you're their slave. Well, things just cost too much. You're thinking wrong. Things don't cost too much. It's you can't afford it. If you can't afford it, you shouldn't have it. God's answer for discontentment and comparison is the same for all Christians. Be content. If you can't afford to support something, Stop using it. You'll feel better about yourself because you're not taking something that belongs to somebody else. Let me repeat it. I think it went over somebody's head. If you can't afford to support the online deliverance ministry, stop using it or give in your percentage. Again, Luke 10:7. for the laborer is worthy of his hire. God expects for those who receive ministry to recompensate those who minister. Another verse, 1 Timothy 5.18, the scripture says, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. The laborer is worthy of his reward. See, the devil has done this with entitlement. The devil, again, creates comparison via advertising. And the devil has taken away the reward of earning or working for things. And all the things I mentioned, discontentment, comparison, where he's taken away the joy or the reward for the laborer. It has been systematically stolen by the enemy. He's done this with more bricks, less straw. Today, you're probably being taxed so much that you're just getting by. Then pretty soon, you won't get by. And then there will be complete dependence on the government. They're the ones that sold you on socialism and entitlement. How do I change that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Stay with me. We'll get there. The fourth thing the devil has done, he's created consumer mentality. We could divide the world, people in the world, into two camps, producers and consumers. And most of you people that think you're poor, you don't even know what poor is. There was a time if a person had three shirts or three pairs of shoes in their closet, they were content with that. But today, if I go out and look in your closet, how many shirts or how many shoes are in your closet? A lot more than three. The devil has tricked the majority of mankind to become consumers 
instead of producers. The government, the world, limits startup businesses with so much red tape that they can't even do their own business, keeping them in consumer mentality. To answer the question, what do I do, Pastor Monty? All right, write this down. Instead of looking to get things for free, look to God to provide. Look to God to provide. Hebrews 11.6, without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Folks, there is a joy. There should be a reward in your life and have enough money for whatever you want. Look at it in James 1.5. If any of you lack, I'm going to stop right there. It reads, any of you lack wisdom, but because that's what James is talking about, but you could read anything. If any of you lack, let him ask of God that gave us to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given. And then be content with what he gives you. Folks, if you're in the poverty mentality group of people that you can't even afford to go buy a hamburger, then you really need to diligently seek God and get your life changed and turned around. And how you do this is one thing is you have to become a giver right off the bat. And you have to make God your source. Philippians 4.11, Paul says, Not that I speak in respect of want, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. So as you're growing from the baby Christian who just, you just started your first job in your life or just got saved, God wants you to mature, grow up, and learn how to give. Give for everything. You get to give for everything. It is so joyful. It is so fun to be able to give. I love giving. Just a couple of weeks ago, and people say, your pastor gave that to you? I've never heard of a pastor that gave money. <laughs> I found out the joy of giving. You see, we have become victims of a very demonic, deliberate, sophisticated plan to keep us enslaved to the world and the devil's kingdom. If you want to get out of poverty, then you're going to have to learn to do finances God's way. I tell people, start out with 10, 10, 10, 70. 10% is God's. Give it back to him. It's not even yours anyway. 10% is God's. Give him his 10% back. 10% save. Put it away. Start saving up for a rainy day. And when you have $1,000 saved up, the devil can't hit you with emergencies because it can't be emergency anymore. And if you have to use out it, put it right back. 10% give to your education. 10% of your budget should go to your education. If your education consists of downloading online deliverance messages, then put it toward that. And 70% should pay your bills. That's a, a really a good scenario to live by. If you don't know what to do, start with that. What is it that God wants? God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God will not reward the free rider lifestyle. You will stay stuck there because you're going to reap what you sow. If you want to get deliverance from the spirits of poverty, break off the curses of poverty, then you're going to have to start venturing out into living God's way, and that's becoming a giver. And by the way, you give out of your abundance. You don't give out of your credit card. You give out of your abundance, so you're going to have to get your life in the black, cut up your credit cards, pay everything off, and eventually you'll get where you owe no man nothing but love. Keep on giving, keep on growing, and you'll begin to reach a place where you're not freeloading all the time. God wants you to pay your own way. 
1 Thessalonians 4.11, study to be quiet, to do your own business, to work with your own hands, as we commanded you. It doesn't say, as we suggest, it's a command. 2 Thessalonians 3.12, now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ, that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. Eat their own bread. What does that mean? I have to go make bread? No, what that means is if you're going to download something, pay something. Yield to God's way. There's a reward in living God's way. Proverbs 16.32 says, There is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 16.26, He that laboreth, labors for himself, for his mouth craveth it of him. It was common knowledge that if you were hungry or wanted something, you had to go to work to get it. That's what God wants. He wants you to pay your own way. Now, let me add a couple more things in here before we do some deliverance that I've observed in my 43 years of doing deliverance to suggest to you. I encourage you as a child of God, learn to self-feed. That is, read your own Bible Stop looking for prophet smell fungus to tell you what to do. Read your own Bible. Seek his word for what you need help with. If you have a problem area, go see what the Bible teaches you on it. If you will do that, your life will grow, mature, and you'll be able to be a much bigger giver. And here's another thing that I've learned. I encourage you out there. And this is something that I see very common with the free riders Cut back on your instructors. What does that mean? Okay, let me give you a verse. 2 Timothy 4.3 The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. After their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Christians have taken the world's philosophy of church. They no longer have a pastor. You know, God's program is, and I will appoint unto you pastor, which shall teach you and you shall grow. You can look it up. But instead, Christians, especially the free writers, heap to themselves teachers. They listen to every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there. And you know what's going to happen? They cancel each other out. And you get more and more confused. And ultimately, it ends up that, you don't really get much deliverance at all. You need to find out where is your spiritual food coming from and eat there. You know, when you go out to eat at a restaurant, you don't eat the hors d'oeuvres at one place and cross the street to have the main dish and down the street for dessert and another place for coffee. It just doesn't make sense. Generally, you have everything there. Free riders want to listen to everything. It's out there and available. And I tell you, it won't work. That's my experience. It doesn't work. The ones that I see get delivered are those that link in to an established deliverance work that they get fed there and they grow. You know, if you go to the world and you go look up a doctor for something and and he tells you his advice and your first thought is, well, I want a second opinion. And so you go find another doctor and there can be wisdom in getting the second opinion, but you go to the second doctor and you get that and you just keep going. You get the third, fourth, tenth, a hundredth opinion, they just cancel each other out. And they could even all be right because one works at the problem from one direction, the other tackles it from the other direction. You're probably canceling out your deliverance by inputting too much contrary stuff. Your brain gets confused. It's my recommendation based on that verse. Don't heap to yourself 
teachers. Find out God's ways. Jesus Christ came for us to live an abundant life. For those that I see continue to walk in deliverance and get deliverance, I just those that are in my camp that come to my church, it may take a length of time, but I see their health improve. I see their finances improve. I see their relationships improve. All the things that they really want in life all improve as they walk in the ministry of deliverance. Because as they're being fed the word of God and getting deliverance on the demons, their life gets better. I want your life to get better, folks. Those of you that have been brave enough to listen all the way through, (laughs) you stuck with me even though you felt convicted and didn't like it. It doesn't have to be this way. God wants to bless your finances, but you have to do it his way. He wants to get rid of the Midianites that are encamping around about you. He wants to break off the curses of poverty. He wants you to become a giving Christian. Some of you were probably raised in a family who promoted stinginess, tightness, greediness, selfishness. Perhaps your parents were even addicts. They were addicted to something, and they only lived for themselves. Selfishness. And you learn these lifestyles. But you can get delivered from these sins. There's a certain percentage, I'm sure, people out there that really are searching things out. And you're trying to find out, well, is this deliverance stuff really good? Well, is it for me? Will it help me? We do give a number of free messages totally because we want to convince the skeptic. We want to show people that, hey, there's good fruit in this. But we're not going to give you the whole pie. We'll give you a taste of it to see if you like it. If you don't like it, don't come back. It's that simple. So many things that keep people in this. One thing that's keeping you stuck in a free rider state is not even knowing that God wanted there to be something different. And he does. He wants to break off the curses of poverty off your life. There's a curse for stealing. Proverbs 6.30, men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he's hungry. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. You've opened the door for poverty, and you're going to lose your house. That's usually the first thing that goes. Trusting in riches, following vain people, hastening to be rich, pride, greedy. Proverbs 15, 27. He that's greedy of gain troubles his own house. I'll get around to giving something one day. Well, how about... Proverbs 19.15 then, slothfulness casts into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. You know, if God has told you to contribute, to give, to support, then you do it right then. I think John had the mind of Jesus in 1 John, where he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Folks, your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. And if you continue in deliverance, get your mind restored, if you get your emotions restored, if you get your your will restored, then your finances will start prospering and your health will start prospering. Living God's ways will bring prosperity, not just financial. For many people, before they ever begin to walk in a position of prosperity, they're going to need deliverance and restoration of your soul. I've got a list of 23 curses that bring in poverty. I think there's something like 700 verses on money because he wants you to learn finances his way. You don't have to stay stuck in a position where you're a greedy tightwad that never gives to something. He doesn't want you to stay in a position where you always need 
and living your life on emergency prayer. Oh, God, oh, God, I can't afford to rent this month. Well, that happens, but you should mature to a point that you get past that. You should have six months income saved up in cash for the God forbid things that can happen. The motor can go out of your car or something can happen. Hopefully, I've encouraged some of you to see that there there is a different life. Even Jesus, when they said, hey, does he pay taxes? He turned to the disciples said, you know what? Go down to the lake. The first fish that comes along, pull it out of the water. There'll be a gold coin in it. Go pay taxes for me and thee. God can pay your bills if you'll do it his way. Don't you want that? Jesus was willing to pay. You need to fish with a gold coin in it? God can provide it. Sheila, I think we could do some mass deliverance. I will do that. Let's come before the Lord. I want to break some of these things off of you and ask God to begin to change your finances. Now, if you'll take one step toward him, he'll take three toward you. Heavenly Father, we come to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, there's those of us who have been convicted by living and doing things wrong, such as free riding, of having this habit of looking for something for nothing, or looking for something to see how cheap we can get it. Father, we ask that you help us to submit to your way, to your will, to your word, especially when it comes to finances here. Father, I take authority today over every spirit of free riding, every spirit of wanting something for nothing. I command you demons to come out. Folks, just take a deep breath, breathe them out, tell them to go. Every evil spirit of free riding, wanting something for nothing, this desire to get something without working for it, without earning it. In Jesus' name, come out. I break off all curses of thievery, of stealing, taking something without even asking, is it truly free? Should I be giving something back? Asking God what you should do? In Jesus' name, come out. People don't even stop to ask God what he thinks. Come out, you demons, come out. All the free writing, every spirit of entitlement. Well, why should I have to pay? Christians should give their stuff for free. It doesn't say that. It says those that receive ministry should give for it. It doesn't say Christians should give their work for free. You're misreading your Bible. Come out, demons. Come out all the way out. Let him that steals stole no more, but rather let him labor so that he can give. In Jesus' name, all spirits of selfishness, greed, poverty mentality, borrowing. Come out, demons. Religious spirits, good Samaritan spirits. Well, even a good Samaritan put limits on what he would do for the man that was fell among thieves. Rescuing, entitlement. Come on, all you demons in Jesus' name. I don't want to pay. I want something for nothing. Lord, change people's hearts and minds. Show them that there's a joy in giving. God loves a cheerful giver. Not, oh, I guess I got to do it because Pastor Monty preached about it. Come out, demons. Come on, every one of you spirits in Jesus' name. Fear of running out. Fear of not having enough money. Fear of becoming a bag lady. Come out in Jesus' name right now. Every spirit of fear, I won't have any money. God is your source. He will provide. Come out, demons. Come on, all the way out. Move. Fear of running out of money. Fear, well, if I give to this, I won't have enough left over. Come out. Come out in Jesus' name. You also need to pray about where you're giving. Are they worthy where you're giving it? Come on, demons. Every spirit of free writing. 
manifest and go. Socialism, entitlement. It's been drilled into your mind for years, and you if you're young, you probably don't even know that God's word teaches capitalism. Come on, every spirit, come on, free riding, a moocher, someone who mooches off the others. Hey, you got can I borrow a quarter? Use your own quarter. If you don't have a quarter, do without. Come on, let's go. Move out. Move out, demons, in Jesus' name. Breathe them out, folks. Tell them in your mind to go. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, every spirit that's on top, up and out, all the way out, every demon that keeps God's people in poverty, let's go. Manifest and go. Come out all the way out. Poverty mentality, poverty thinking, poverty mindset. Why would I want to pay for something when I can get it for nothing? Come on, let's go, demons. Selfishness, entitlement, greed in Jesus' name. Let's go. Religious spirits. Come on, all those word faith spirits of I should get and get and get. Come on, let's go. Move. Move in Jesus' name. Come on. All those demons that cause you to override your conscience. Come out. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life in Jesus' name. Lord, I lose maturity into people that they can have enough integrity and morality to say, if I haven't earned it, if I haven't worked for it, I'm not taking it. On that spirit that says, it's not fair, it's not fair, other people have and I don't. Come out, you demons, come out, come on. What God does for one, he will do for another if you will search him. Look to God to provide. Not wanting to make Jesus Lord. Come on, move out. Move out. Make him Lord of your finances, of your relationships. God, what do you want me to do? I want you to forgive. But they did this. Forgive them. Live in harmony. Come out, demons, in Jesus' name. Move. Lust of the world. Lust of the eyes. Pride of life. The infidel spirit. Spirit of the infidel. If any provide not for his own, he's an infidel. Denied the faith. Come out. If you don't provide for your your own things, the things you get, you've denied your faith. You're an infidel. Come out. It says two things. If you don't provide for your own and for your own house, 1 Timothy 5.8, provide for your own. If you can't afford it, then you can't get it. Wait until you can't afford it. All the spirits frustration, impatience, intolerance, all the spirits of poverty, every curse of poverty, poverty that's come in through sexual sins, poverty that's come in through stealing, every chain of poverty that keeps people bound up, poverty that comes because you're not a giver. Come out in Jesus' name. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud. He that's greedy of gain troubles his own house. Come out. Let's go, demons, in Jesus' name. Every spirit of greed, selfishness, I don't want to pay anything, then you shouldn't take it. Come out in Jesus' name. Every spirit of slackness all the way out. Move out. Move out, demons, in Jesus' name. All of the devil's plans to keep you poor, broke, dumb, stupid, I break all these off, Lord, and I loose God's people to seek the Lord. All of the hypnosis, mind blindness, mind control that's put upon Christians, Lord, keeping them bound up and continually to feel entitled to things that are just because they're on the internet, come out in Jesus' name. Come on, all the way out. You demons, come out. Entitlement. The belief that others should pay your way. Well, my parents should pay my way. You're an adult, make your own way. Come on, demons, in Jesus' name. Parents, quit enabling your kids to stay at home till they're 40. Come out. Come on, all the way out. Move out. Move out in Jesus' name. Let's go. All the way out in Jesus' name. Move, demons. Move out. Every spirit of poverty mentality. 
of not being a giver, just being a taker. That spirit of using, of taking, and taking delight, and look what I got for free. That's not a delight. That's a shame. Come out all the way out. The spirit of the user. Come out in Jesus' name. Taking advantage of other things because you think you can and nobody's looking. God's looking and you know better. Time to grow up. Time to mature. Time to do finances God's way and he will bless you. He will bless your money. And I give you one more thing. I ask that you support these ministries that you frequent. If you go and you listen and you partake of what's going on, then support them. If you're not going to support them, then leave them alone. Do that, folks. It's the right way to live. Okay? Thus saith the Lord to that. Amen and amen.